0: My name is Adam, and I've never seen Planet of the Apes, but the new one, the reboot, the the second, the first, second attempt. (laughs) (laughs) The meat of a sandwich.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch This. My name is Johnny.
2: And I'm Bridget.
1: And uh, we are in the midst of April, and you are listening to the podcast where we show anybody, anybody, an ape, a friendly (laughs) ape, (laughs) enemy ape. Um, Coco the Gorilla. Correct. Uh, A movie they should have seen, probably have seen, maybe they should skip. Maybe not this one. But... uh, (laughs) We have Adam, who uh, has not seen uh, another Monkey movie this month. and Hardly is any ape films. Hardly any ape films. Yeah. Uh, and we are, uh, like I said, uh, at the top, or Adam said at the top, we are watching 2001's Planet of the Apes. Directed none other
0: by Tim Burton. Tim Burton. And no Batman. Nope. No, we've moved on from Batman. Yep. We're like six years removed from, from six, Batman. At, at well, least. eight years removed from his Batman. Right, so 2001,
1: Adam. What are we like, 15, 16 years old? 14. At the movie theater, kind yeah. of figuring out what to They're watch. 13, and...
0: 14 years old. Yeah. So this would have this would have hit around that time um, that I would have been going to the movies like on my own. Right. You know, parental guidance be damned. I'm I'm above 13 now. I'm yep. ready to go. Oh yeah. Uh, this isn't rated R, so no worries there. Uh, this is this is illegal, legally able to see it, and I still skipped it. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh I again I not I don't really care for the the monkey film aspect of it. Um I didn't I wouldn't have been drawn in by directors at this point like that would have been well before being like, "Oh, this is a I loved Batman 89. I got to go see the new Tim Burton movie." So that wouldn't have drawn me in and I don't I don't know anybody who's like, "I got to see that Mark Wahlberg movie." Anytime a Mark Wahlberg movie comes out, And I've seen my fair share of Mark Wahlberg movies, and we'll talk about our favorites. But that's not a drawing power that he may think that he has. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Uh, So I just would have completely skipped it. I don't know if anything else would have come out around that time, because I mean, at this point, we're fighting for allowance dollars here. So yeah, you gotta make you gotta make that count. You gotta make it stretch. But I don't know what I'd I'd be interested to see what came out around this time, uh, because I wouldn't have. I don't think this would have even been on the radar of being like, maybe I'll go see Planet of the Apes. Because I also would have had, again, no connection to the originals because I just watched them for the first time two weeks ago. So Right. Now, Bridget,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you have history with these apes?
2: I have minimal history with this movie. I think I saw it once. Didn't see it in the theaters, but I think I... Probably warned my mother down and convinced her it would be okay to to rent this and watch it. I don't remember feeling any way about it. I can imagine my mother going into the other room and just putting her head in her hands and and weeping at what they Why did isn't to she her apes. Humans? Yeah, <laughs> well, because she loves she loves the originals and yeah. this is just such a departure. Have never gone back to it. You know, if I'm gonna watch an ape movie, I'll watch something from the original series Correct. um but you know i'm i'm ready to go back um
1: do you remember like anything about this movie
2: a little bit i remember you know the visuals the makeup of the movie but plot do you remember, wise like the beats
1: the beginning the end and stuff
2: not really okay. um i i remember the end but not okay. not anything that happens really before that mm. I'm more so I I tried to get familiar with it before we we came to record um and did some research which we can maybe get into a little bit later. So that is more so what's running in my mind, but like an actual connection to the movie I don't got it really have any. How about you? Yeah, I
1: don't know when this movie came out in the calendar year, but I July. July. Okay, it was We're a just big
0: tentpole. Yeah, I was just looking up what other movies okay. came out around it.
1: Because uh, I imagine seeing this like on a rainy day, like vacationing, like on Cape Cod. That's something we typically would do. Is like if it was a shit day, we would go see like whatever shit movie was mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. theaters. So I see that, and I also picture this being like a drive-in movie. Like this is the type of movie oh, that yeah. you just watch. You don't give two shits about it. But they're like you're you're in your car. Yeah. It's cool out. You're it's watching not even movie. the first
2: movie; it's the second showing. Correct, yeah. And you're just like, yeah, I'm all
0: right. Um, you're crashing from your sugar high. Like you just correct. You're just done with yeah. the evening.
1: But to your point, Adam, it's it's uh, you need some sort of history, I guess, to sort of be anyone interested in this fucking movie whatsoever. A reboot, a Planet of the Apes. It's just why? With yeah. Who was clamming? Who was clamoring over each other this? Over in to see this? <laughs> who asked for it? I mean, it's just a number of things, but. I have seen this fully twice, maybe, mm-hmm. once, and then twice just to make sure of what I saw is what I saw.
2: <laughs> um, just, just, just to confirm. Just to
1: confirm feelings that I've had about the movie. But yeah, I don't know if it's, as you say, a huge departure. It There are a lot of things going on in the movie that it wants to sort of remind you, hey, this is a Planet of the Apes movie, mm-hmm. or whatever, without really ruining too many things, but... Yeah, I don't I don't wanna to get too too critical about it right now, but yeah, so again I've only seen it the, the once or the twice. Um, when was
2: the last time you'd say you watched it?
1: Probably in the early two thousands to be quite honest with you, or like or in college. Okay.
2: I was like, was this good?
1: And it's so, like I put it on. <laughs> um just gotta be certain. I just gotta be certain. I got it, yeah. yeah. But there's some memorable people in it.
2: There are, yeah.
1: Outside of Mark Wahlberg, because in most cases the people in a Mark Wahlberg vehicle are way more interesting (laughs) than Mark Wahlberg. So we do have some fun people showing up in the movie. So There's a few kind of like, hey, who is that? Because obviously everyone's covered up in makeup for the most part. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember there being some interesting set pieces, locales. I don't know if... Who's Tim Burton's musical guy again?
2: Oh, Danny Elfman?
1: Danny Elfman. I... Remember his score being very, I don't know, rhythmic in (laughs) nature. Yeah. There might be the typical kazoo in there (laughs) that he always throws in.
2: Multiple plural toms. Correct. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see this one just because it does, I do remember it twisting a couple of things, a couple of ideas, Mm -hmm. but also
0: maybe playing it kind of safe. Okay. Yeah, all I remember from marketing is. Uh, Mark Wahlberg in an astronaut jumpsuit running through the woods. And that's literally the only thing in my mind. Mm. Like, very much like Heston running through the woods in his astronaut jumpsuit. <laughs> that's the only thing I get picture in my head from any marketing right. trailers, promo stuff. And obviously I've seen some pictures just, like, pulling up the details to look up look up the movie for the show. Right.
1: And without getting into too much of it, I do remember th- the starkest thing about this movie, comparatively to the original, is that, like, the original is, like, shot almost entirely at during the day, and this is a Tim Burton movie, so we're checking out the nocturnal scene mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. fucking planet. So, I do know that it's darker in nature, because I do remember that promo, him running through, like, a mid-evening swamp or some shit,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you see all the spears and hairy legs running after <laughs> <your> him, <head>, so. <laughs> So just to clarify, because I said I was interested to see what else came out around this time. This came out in July of 2001. Uh, Some of the other big movies in July of 2001. Cats and Dogs. uh, Scary Movie 2. Kiss of the Dragon. Jet Li. Legally Blonde. Jurassic Park 3. Which I did see in theaters, so I was probably going to see that instead of uh, Planet of the Apes. The same day as Planet of the Apes, we got Wet Hot American Summer. Which I don't think I saw in theaters, but Have to assume is a vastly superior movie to this. So, probably would have picked that. I'm not going to comment on that right now. Oh, good lord. We'll have an argument (laughs) later. Um, And then, like, within a couple weeks after that, you got, like, Princess Diaries, Rush Hour 2, which I also saw in theaters. Uh, So, again, other things that I would have skipped over this. American Pie 2, Osmosis Jones, Rat Race is another movie I think I saw in theaters. So all of these would have taken precedent over uh, a planet.
1: Carrying that description is about as close as I've been to a Walmart $5 DVD bin in a very long time. Like being like spelunking into that thing for gold and passing through all of that garbage Mm. on the way in.
2: Not Princess Diaries. Just to grab like
1: true romance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that was some of the uh, stiff competition. Now we've talked about... The only two people that I really know, and then I did see the third name of Helena Bonham Carter, which I would have assumed because it's you Tim Burton. You can't be
2: surprised. Yeah, there. exactly. Um,
0: how do you guys feel about Tim Burton? What are some of your favorite Tim Burton films, if you have any? Um, He's a very divisive filmmaker.
2: Yes. Yes, he is. Mm. Um, and I think you could make the argument that this is where the grape turns sour, perhaps.
0: Yeah, I could probably agree with that.
2: wee his batmans edward scissorhands mars attacks big fish big big fish comes after this big fish is his last Mm -hmm. good movie I, i might say but he has a run from like when he basically leaves disney as an animator to doing his own movies where it's unstoppable and i enjoy pretty much that whole run
0: yeah, so if you start with Pee-wee in 85, he goes, Pee-wee, Beetlejuice, Batman. Oh, de-
2: Beetlejuice! Edward
0: Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Ed Wood, Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow, then Planet of the Apes. Wow. So. Yeah. Quite quite the cinematic run of right. hit after hit after hit. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, Beetlejuice is great. I love both his Batmans. I've never seen Edward Scissorhands uh, it's, on okay. it's on the list it's on the Mars Attacks or Sleepy Hollow. I haven't seen any of those I know Mars Attacks is on the list uh, Edward Scissorhands is on the list as well and then after Planet of the Apes where the downfall kind of happens you, this is the anomaly I guess in the run if you want to count Big Fish as one of his good movies I haven't seen that one either mm-hmm. um, then you get his Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Corpse Bride Sweeney Todd Alice in Wonderland Dark Shadows Frank and Weenie Big Eyes, Dumbo. <sighs> it just gets progressively sillier. <laughs> yeah. so I...
2: I, yeah. I... It's
0: a tale of two halves. <laughs> it, it
2: really is. It's hard for me to say that I like or dislike him, but I feel like you have to really feel strongly either way. Right. I love some of his movies. Some of his movies I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could say you like 85 to 99, Tim Burton, and then uh, 2003, you gave him another chance and were surprised, and then you fell off again. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You know, I think he has become this sort of stand-in for what people think of, like, oh, he's like the underdog, the weirdo, he puts a spotlight on them, you know. Mm -hmm. Great. Sure. But as he gets further and further into his career, I don't think he can actually be that because i don't think he fundamentally understands people or at some point he stopped yeah maybe he hit his head yeah but (laughs) like you
0: get too hollywood big for your britches a little bit you you're no longer connected to the common man and the common man's problems which are at the heart of some of the earlier things yeah
2: and the his sense of like the outsider the weirdo is very surface level Mm -hmm. it goes from the sensitive Edward Scissorhands, this, like, orphan misfit, to what if Johnny Depp wore a wig? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. so... He thinks
0: that's what worked with Edward Scissorhands was Johnny Depp in a wig, and he just ran with it.
2: I, I guess. And I think that feels disappointing. It's an, a little bit of the the George Lucas, like, you've struck gold, but you don't understand... hmm like, you think the dirt is gold, and that's just the surrounding of, like, this, the motherload, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm. So, I have very mixed feelings. How about you guys?
1: Yeah, I'm the same thing. I don't really enjoy a lot of his stuff. However, I think Edward Scissorhands is incredible and one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. I really, really like that movie. Because it has that balance. It has mm. the weird, sort of, dark, gloomy side.
2: Yeah, funny and sweet just, yeah, sad. just such
1: a great mix like so well put together just a very good tasting soup altogether. yeah <laughs> the batmans i adore his batman's i adored as a kid i watched them a lot on revisiting i don't know if i had much appreciation as i did as a, as a kid for them <laughs> um just because they're so in love with themselves and the doom and gloom and the stark sort of production design and it's become, it became eventually, like, a running joke with sort of Tim Burns movies is that it's, like, all production design and, like, costumes, like, that just, like, are, are manufactured at, like, Hot Topic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Hot yeah. Topic spawned from, like, the Tim Burton mm-hmm. culture.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: But, yeah, I have not seen, like, any of the shit that he made pretty much after Big Fish for the most part, like, Frankenweenie and, and all that other shit, but, yeah, that sort of run in the early 90s, some really interesting stuff going on there, and... Like I said, I don't know where this Apes movie lands with that. Um,
0: all I know is that there are elements of this movie that I enjoy.
2: How about you, Adam? What's your Tim Burton?
0: So I was never like a big Tim Burton guy just because his aesthetic, which is very stark, um, is more of that like Gothic horror kind of like the mm-hmm. the creepy and the scary. Like I like Beetlejuice, but I don't love it the way that some people love it. Like it's yeah. a fun movie for me, but... It's not, it's not my go-to. Mm-hmm. It's not what I prefer. Like I'll watch it and it's fun, but it's not, it's not my aesthetic. So it's, it's hard to get into a lot of that stuff with him. Again, the Batman's are great because it has Batman to pull me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a lot of fun. That was something I didn't see until I was like a teenager, so I missed it being part, like Pee-wee itself being a part yeah. of my like childhood, mm-hmm. the way it was for a lot of people. But that one's fun. Um, I already mentioned a lot of the ones I haven't seen. From that, like, that 90s run of stuff. I did check out some of the ones uh, later. Like, I did see the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory one, which was just like, no, again, it's Johnny Depp in a, in in a, a wig, weird... and his weird glasses. Ears, and yeah. yeah, the terrible smile. Uh, didn't like that. Uh, I saw Sweeney Todd because it was, you know, around that time I'm trying to watch as many things as I could. I'm in college and, yeah. you know downloading movies is free sometimes and that's just what you like, <laughs> what you do mm-hmm. um so i watched that and i was like okay this is kind of cool i guess but like eh, you know i i never really uh, gleamed on to his kind of aesthetic i'm the same way and i know he didn't direct it but he produced it and his name's attached to it nightmare before christmas i think is fine yeah. it's not one i ever choose to go back and watch at either halloween or christmas it is not in my rotation for either of those holidays uh, when it theoretically should be, because it is for so many other people. Because just the the dead and the skeletons and the whole, like, that whole vibe just isn't, it's yeah. just not
2: me. And you just need to meet one Jack and Sally couple Ugh. to really sour you on the whole Tim Burton aesthetic. Yeah. Like, or just someone who, like, takes it too seriously, is in love with it, and is like, I love Halloween at Christmas, fuck off. Yeah. Let me just say it is like enough. Yeah. Enough. Just go listen to Blink One Eighty Two's greatest hits and leave me the fuck <laughs> alone. Um but that I think, you know, there's there's Tim Burton's work itself and the way that Tim Burton's work and aesthetic has been co opted by
0: mm-hmm.
2: other people. I'm sorry everyone. I don't <laughs> I don't mean to yuck anyone's yum, but sometimes it's just like enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. People can ruin things for you because all you do is see them, the people you don't like, mm-hmm. in the work that you were wishy-washy on to begin with. Yeah, right? it's not like those people will ruin it for you if you love it. And sometimes that can happen. We're like, oh, I, you know, but people who love the Joker, I cannot deal with you because you're you're taking all the wrong lessons. <laughs> And you're you're not liking the right things about it. Not that there's right and wrong things to like, but like those people very much. There
2: might be right and wrong things to like. <laughs> uh,
0: those people are taking the wrong things, things, learning the wrong lessons, and that can ruin characters and aesthetics for you. Um, so I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Not a personal attack on on people, but it it, it might it be a can be an indictment of them. Not a personal attack per se. <laughs> right. Right. right, right. But yeah, so he's just he's just not my aesthetic. So I, you know, if yeah. it's something where it, I hear really good things, I might go see it. Mm-hmm. Or if it, you know, falls in line with something else like a Batman, like I'll go see that. Yeah. But other than that, I'm, I'm yeah. good
1: on Tim Burton for the most part. Yeah, I think the same thing for me. And you guys might cry foul, but like Wes Anderson is the same way. It's like, oh, God, it's like I, I, I'm so over that aesthetic. And like, yeah. it's like, hey, look at me. Hey, look at me. Remember. It's me, Wes <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's
0: me, it's Simber, and... Look, I'm in the frame. Yep. perfectly. Show you, so you something weed. weird. No, I'm sure, the Some sort of
1: puppet... Some puppet stitched together with barbed wire. Yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you on the uh, yeah, quest so as well. Yeah, so... It's just... Yeah, it's a lot of it. It's just very... I don't know. Attention-grabbing. I know... Like, there's nothing... Yeah, sure. It's totally unique, and your brand is there. I get it. Yeah. But it's whatever. I guess do what you do best, I guess, but also do something different, because...
2: Or just don't be so. Samy. Not as samey, but like just like conspicuous mm. and very pleased yeah. with yourself, right? For sure. Right.
0: Uh, real quick, because we've gone a little long here in the pre-show, and we've talked about him a couple times. Thoughts on Mark Wahlberg? Again, another divisive person who you can either be fine with him, or he could really ruin a movie for you and take you out of it because he's just Mark Wahlberging all over the screen.
2: I used to not mind him so much. Um, there are certain movies, like, I love Fear. I think he's great in Fear. Um, he's not matched that performance since. It's very difficult for me to separate Mark Wahlberg as the human mm-hmm. from Mark Wahlberg, the performer. You know, there's a couple things I think he's all right in. Like, The Departed, mm-hmm. he does a good turn. But I, I'm just shooting a lot of shots today. I think that Mark Wahlberg, the man, is a psychopath. Mm -hmm. And he frightens me. And it takes me a little bit out of anything I see him in. And he does tend to choose roles for himself where he is, like, the big hero. Mm -hmm. And then I just have to think about the one time he gave an interview, and he said that if he was on the plane that struck one of the towers, mm-hmm. that it wouldn't have gone down like that. And yeah. I just can't. I can't with a, someone like yeah. that. Yeah, he beat
0: up a blind guy once. Yeah. You know. well,
2: yeah, he 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 beat up a guy who was then blind
0: oh, because so of heard, his
2: beating. I've yeah.
0: heard both. He blinded him, and he might have already been blind. So either way, not a good look.
2: Yeah, not all bad. Okay. Um.
0: He's, uh, he's the same person in every movie yeah.
1: except for like the earlier roles like you said Fear and then like Boogie Nights is man. great oh and, like, that's right th- like that's probably to me his best performance
2: I just think of that as his good yeah. twin but- brother who must have
1: mm-hmm.
2: gone off the right.
1: grid <laughs> but it really depends like if the, if the movie around him is good enough and the performances around him enough I think he's tolerable to get through the movie. Like, I remember liking whatever that movie that was based on the Boston bombing. Like, I thought that was a well-put-together movie. Oh, Patriot's Day. Yeah, and he's the lead in it, but I think the focus of that movie was not like, hey, uh, this is a Mark Wahlberg vehicle. This is just...
0: A story about a real thing. Correct,
1: yeah. Like, when the focus is done enough and not like, hey, I'm Mark Wahlberg and here's how big my fucking biceps are on the poster and all this other bullshit. I enjoy some of the movies, but... Him?
0: Yeah. Not really. Yeah, for me it's like <laughs> he's got a couple of those good dramas, like the departed, like you said, Boogie nights I enjoy his performances in both of those, and it shows that he can be a good actor and be in enjoyable things. Where he really shines for me and where I'm like, I can get on board with his Mark Wahlberginess is the comedy stuff, because he's just a, a doofus in them, and it's kind of funny, like the Ted movies. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy the first one. The second one's okay. But right. I really enjoy him in the first one. The Other Guys is a hilarious movie to me. Him and Will Ferrell play against each other really well. And again, he's just playing a fucking idiot. And yeah. it kind of works for his sensibility. To right. Just, just play a dumb guy and be kind of the butt of those jokes. And I think he works in that realm a little bit. The Fighter I also enjoyed. Yeah, I, I thought, thought The Fighter really was pretty good. Fighter. Um, Again, he's surrounded by by good performances. Correct. Melissa Leo and Christian Bale, Like they're obviously the ones carrying that movie, but he's good in it. Correct. Um, And so I can appreciate that he's not mucking up a movie, which some actors, if you really don't like them, can completely ruin a movie, even if they're second, third, fourth supporting character. You're just like, no, every time they're on screen, I was angry at the filmmakers for including them, Right. and I just couldn't watch it. So, like, he shows, at least to me, that he can do that kind of stuff. Now, I've skipped so many of his movies because, it's again, he's not a draw for me. But the comedies, I'll usually be like, I'll give it a look. Because it's actually pretty funny when he's, like, playing an idiot and not trying to cast himself as, like, the big hero.
1: Yeah, it's kind of where, like, I, like, who's the guy who's now in uh, the Jurassic Parks, the Jurassic World's... Chris Pratt? Yes, like... When he's dead ass in a movie, it's like, who is this guy? He's not fun to watch. This isn't good. This is like Mark Wahlberg shit. But as a comedian, great, great, mm-hmm. great stuff. Same thing with uh, Channing Tatum.
0: Mm-hmm. Channing Tatum
1: and comedy is it's fucking top great. tier, yeah. top tier shit. So <laughs> funny, such a doofus. It's amazing. It just works perfectly. But I I can agree. I I don't. I have not seen the other guys. The one you're talking about.
0: That's I heard really it's it, pretty one. funny. Um, I'll add that to the list. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 But yeah,
1: he's just, there's just no, he's not dynamic. He There's no range in any of the other movies that he plays. Mm-hmm. It's straight. Yeah. Quite frankly. So,
0: and I also kind of enjoy him in the Transformers sequels just because those are so far I off even the rails. Seen, I haven't even seen those, so. And he's just, again, chewing scenery, acting against green screen. It's kind of fun going in knowing that they're not good. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> a Michael Bay movie, yeah. Yeah. So, I, like, I think he has his place. I don't think he'll ruin this movie necessarily for me. Um, But I am, just to circle back to today's movie, I'm excited to kind of see what they could do with it. I'm hoping for, you know, updated special effects, bigger explosions, because it's a 2001 blockbuster. Like, it's going to have more spectacle than I think the 60s ones were even going for. You know, they weren't trying to achieve that. They were political in nature, and they were more about the subtext and not the colorful pictures in front of your face. Mm. So, I'm expecting more of a blockbuster feel to this, so I'd be interested to see where that goes and how they uh how the eight makeup looks cuz i assume it's not cg like it's probably too early for that i'm assuming it's all mostly practical and probably a better practical than the 60s were able to do just cuz money and budget and just learning how to make these prosthetics has changed over the 30 plus years right so yeah i'm excited do you guys have any thoughts that you want to get out there before we uh sit down and watch it
1: no, I mean I, I I'm excited. I this is this a weird era for movies. I think in general, it's just trying to people trying to find like the identity of where movies are going and what they're going to be because the '90s is so defined, mm-hmm. and this is such like a hot mix of stuff going on and ideas and what again we're on the cusp of special effects. Do we go practical? Do we go full? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some things going on there that I think is uh, some fun stuff in there and cool stuff that we're still in the realm of practical for the most part, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what you think of this one. I got nothing. (laughs) Well, Adam, what do you have to say for yourself? Fine. I'll watch it.
2: loaded all right. Yeah.
1: Uh, We're back. We just watched uh, 2001 An Ape Odyssey. (laughs) Uh, Planet of the Apes. 2001 Tim Burns rendition of a much beloved classic.
0: Adam, what are you thinking Uh. about? (laughs) So, for long stretches of the beginning, this was a pretty inoffensive, nothing movie. Like, it was just. It's fine, there's nothing to it, there's some stuff I like, there's some stuff I don't, the dialogue's pretty hokey. And the longer it goes on, the less I am forgiving of the things that I was more forgiving of in the start of it. Sure. Uh, And by the end, it just, uh, it turned into really, really dumb, dumb stuff happening that was inexplicable, made no sense. I feel like there's a three-hour cut of this movie that I don't want to watch. But that would make it make more sense. And somewhere in there, they just like scrapped a bunch of it. And we got what we just saw, which was bad. I was, like I said, for a while, I was like, all right, you know what's. Everyone hates on it, but like it's nothing. It's just a random generic 2000s era blockbuster. Like, you know, there's cheesy dialogue, there's stuff that makes no sense, there's lines that are clearly meant to be like back of the box packaging blurbs. You know, it's like, you need a hero, you're gonna find a hero. Like, stuff like that. Yeah, there's plenty of
1: clips for the trailers exactly. and lines that I even remember seeing in the trailer.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the more it went on, the more I just was, like, way less forgiving of what was transpiring uh, to where it became just just dumb. We'll get into all of it, but there's some stuff that I liked over the original, which, you know, is I guess is good enough uh, in a reboot that there's at least... <laughs> some things that you like because those reboots are hard you know it's hard to top originals that are beloved classics for a reason uh so it's some faint praise to say like there's some stuff that i enjoyed and liked more uh but most of it is just it's just real real dumb dumb stuff and i don't even think like the cast is bad like mark Wahlberg's fine and honestly his bewildered face that he makes fits right at home in a movie where you're an astronaut that lands on a planet of apes so that even kind of works. But the dialogue is just rough. And the story just doesn't hold up to any scrutiny. So therefore like it's it, you can't save it. <laughs> yeah. What about you guys? You guys are revisiting this for the first time in a while. Johnny, how did you feel? I mean, this is a bad movie? It's a bad monkey
2: movie.
0: <laughs> and
1: most monkey movies are inherently bad to begin with, mm-hmm. so... I'm uh, with you, Adam. I l- like some things about this movie, Uh but to your point, it becomes excruciating mm-hmm. towards the end, and it actually, in some ways, the excruciation, you search for things to start, like, desperately liking about the end of it to the point where you just start laughing at everything oh yeah
0: Mm -hmm. it devolves into nonsense and silliness
1: and it's in almost some way that becomes more enjoyable than everything else that came before it you're finally like letting go it's the dead ass nature of this movie (laughs) is gone and all you have to hold on to is a monkey in an astronaut suit falling (laughs) from the sky Bridget, you were squirming for
0: most of this.
2: I know. We to give you treats to I, <laughs> carry Yeah, thank you. Some Easter candy. Like, hang on. I try to stay pretty fairly neutral, unless like I'm sure you can tell when I'm really enjoying something. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not enjoying something, I try to stay kind of like okay,
0: well, eaten, yeah. healed. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to let that seep into the first time viewer's yeah. experience. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
2: Um, I could not.
0: No, I think it was like 30 minutes in, and you were like, I'm sorry. This movie sucks. Yeah. I did. And yeah. I took a deep sigh. like, hold on, all eyes on me.
2: <laughs> I know exactly what moment it was. It was the moment where they're going back to his ship. Oh, the yeah. Runaways, and someone talks about apes can't swim, they drown. And then another a human woman says, and that's why we pray for rain. Oh, yeah. And that's when I was like, enough. Yeah. <laughs> no more.
1: Your inner dialogue scratched its way I out of just your like, head. It uh, had to be heard.
0: Yeah. And, like, and that's why I pray for the end of this movie. Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, Really, it was... I was white-knuckling it quite a bit. At the same time, there are elements of it that I can appreciate and go... Interesting, mm-hmm. well done. I, I still am just. I wouldn't even know where to begin to fix this movie. I
1: think the hard thing with this, because you're coming from the original, mm-hmm. it's so different in tone and in themes and in execution than this movie.
0: Yeah. If it you, does have some of the similar themes, It though, does,
1: but, like... but if you divorce yourself, if you had never seen the original Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. I think uh, you'd be way more forgiving, obviously, because one, you're not stacking it up to that. Mm-hmm. But also, it's not like... It's hard to explain. So, like, you say, like, Tim Burton's Batman, it's like Christopher Nolan Batman. Both super serious, both tackling a lot of different themes. Just the execution is a little different. Mm-hmm. I think the original Planet of the Apes is vastly different from this. The beats are totally there. The story beats. Look, we got to start here. We got to crash there. We got to talk here. Mm -hmm. We got to be captured here. We got to escape there. Yeah. We got to discover, whoa, head-scratching, side-turning, third act, reveal, whoa. But, yeah, it's just, I think you're so stuck on the original. And so am I, but I think I have a little better uh, way of removing myself, I think, from the movie, from the original.
2: I, no, this movie would suck even if... I wanna, I'll ten toes down. This movie would suck and be unfixable even if original apes didn't exist. Right.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Because you're right. I don't know. Because normally we talk in the post-show about like, oh, if you just tweak this or if you just focus on this element, like, you got a much better. Right.
2: There's not a single... The storyline is so muddied. The choices are so wrong. Like, just wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, not, like, maybe not correct for this. Just wrong. Yeah. I don't want horny apes.
0: She's so thirsty. I, right.
2: Disgusting. <laughs> I
1: don't...
2: <So>, there's <laughs> this, so much. This there's also, so this much also isn't, like,
1: an adult movie. I think this is, like, a, a high, middle schoolers, high oh, schooler, yeah. like, level education type of movie where...
0: Okay, they were gunning like, for us. Dude, you
1: can't be... believe what happened. Like, it's fuck Abraham Lincoln is an ape at the end. Isn't <laughs> yeah. that sick? Yeah. While the scholars in the room are
0: like, <laughs> what? Yeah. No, they were gunning for us in 2001. Like, oh, yeah. Us, they're, they're gunning for 13, that. 13, 14, Correct. 15 years old. Correct. They were 100% just beeline for those, that audience. That's this why, again,
1: an... like, it's such a different move. Like, the audience for this is so different.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can understand teenagers being into the original at the time, but again, sensibilities are different in the '60s all way of it is yeah than, than two thousand and one. Right, we were to the extreme. We were '90s. You know, we we're coming off a decade of extremeness. We had Correct. to go above and beyond right. for this. Yeah.
2: I just think about how how little impact this movie had, like culturally. Like, I granted, like you didn't see it and you may have seen it yeah on a vacation i saw it as a rental kind of thing but it was a huge opener for 20th century fox it was like one of the biggest movies of the summer you would have no idea you could basically blot you could erase the wikipedia article about this movie
0: and, and no, no one, one would blink. No
2: one would blink. No one would go looking for it. No. Nothing about this movie has stuck except for maybe Helena Bottom Carter's crazy ape makeup. And the twist ending, which sort of already was there in the original story. Right. Yeah. It's, it's cla- astounding it's, to it's, me. It's
1: a classic remake failure, not box office wise, but it it's like all the Texas Chainsaw Massacres and everything else. They just like it's where are you ever going to remember this, no. outside of the fact of the the caliber attached to it, yeah. Tim Burton? Where maybe another remake would have who's that? Why is that? Like yeah. I don't think, and we'll get into how I think Tim Burton's trademark shit is like almost nowhere to be found in this for the most part.
0: Which I thought was kind yeah. of refreshing because I was, it was refreshing. In, correct, not really liking his aesthetic that he typically carries in, and I was expecting a. You know Willy Wonka's factory type design for the ape village, and I didn't yep. get that. I, I expected mean, a horror element to some of the their dwellings. Didn't really get that. It seemed pretty run of the mill, and that was actually kind of refreshing, given that I am not a fan of his aesthetic typically.
1: Yeah, I mean the opening is kind of classic Tim Burton. It has like mm-hmm. the sort of the credits over some sort of like maximized image of something mm-hmm. spinning, almost kind of like James Bondish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's some other things that are there, but yeah, it just doesn't have the trademark stuff. Where I think if you showed any, I don't know, that's not a Tim Burton movie.
2: I think there, are, I don't know. It's hard for me to kind of pinpoint. I think there are elements of the humor that breaks through, particularly like when we're still in the kind of ape city. You know, if like you go down the street and a bunch of ape apes like smoking hookah.
0: Yeah. An organ grinder human.
2: Human. You know, that sort <laughs> yeah. of, that to I me feels very Tim Burton. Yeah. Which I did enjoy.
0: The flipping of the script and the role reversals a seems right bit. at home of like...
2: Yes, like, the kooky. Mm, yeah. But you get, that is tamped down pretty quickly for
0: mm-hmm.
2: a, I guess you would say, straightforward action sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you guys about the pre-production now? Absolutely. I want to share this with you. I, a week ago when I knew we were doing this, I started to do research. And I like to do just a little, occasionally you find good little tidbits in the pre-production section of Wikipedia. Typically, it is one to two paragraphs long. Yeah. This one is broken up into multiple subheadings. I did see this. It is... (laughs) Like, warm and Peace length long. And it's just incredible. So the idea of this movie starts floating around in the 1980s. And they t- bring on this guy named Adam Rifkin, who's going to write it and direct it. And he's super excited. He wants to get Rick, like, Rick Baker in, who eventually does the makeup for this movie. He wants him to do the makeup. And he's imagining it as a swords and sandals gladiator epic, with the Planet of the Apes attached I mean, to Star. Sure, Tom Cruise and Charlie Sheen.
0: That's okay. So you have the swords and sandals yeah. that could work. Then Tom Cruise and Charlie Sheen, even in at the height of their popularity in the eighties, still seems weird. Right. now are they humans or are they apes? Do we know this?
2: Uh, it's not clear to me but I believe that it is they are meant to be humans
0: Okay.
2: at some point though the rug gets pulled out from under Adam he says I can't accurately describe in words the utter euphoria I felt knowing that I Adam Rifkin was going to be resurrecting planet of the apes it all seemed too good to be true I soon found out it was <laughs> so they they drop him And they begin courting another young director who's already like shown he can really work well with like monsters, makeup. Peter Jackson is tapped now. His version is going to be ape Renaissance. So he already has gotten with Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell is going to play like an ape Leonardo da Vinci. (laughs) Um, It's going to be like
0: (laughs) okay, (laughs) really exciting. I'm listening.
2: So again, this is still at 20th Century Fox. It's pretty much a go. It's like set. Roddy has cleared his calendar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was probably very busy. I'm
2: sure. But the executive leadership at 20th Century Fox is all fired. They bring in new guys. Peter Jackson starts to make calls like, hey, when should I start? They don't return. They like ghost him. Yeah. So the new regime moves on. Who do they tap? Oliver Stone. (laughs) Oliver Stone. Oh my god. He starts to write it. Then they realize Oliver can't direct it. They want Sam Raimi to direct it. Now this one is going to be like about Vedic apes, early apes, a kind of biblical allegory. It's going to be like the Da Vinci Code, but with apes. Now, Fox God, President...
1: these must be so good.
2: Fox President Peter Chernin says at one point, it was one of the best scripts I've ever read. Now, this is the script sort of tweaked by Terry Hayes. Who do they attach to star?
1: Are you following along? Because I feel like I'm out on this. No, I'm following along. Oh, you son of a bitch.
2: Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Oh my goodness, guys.
2: Now they bring in Sam Winston to do the creature effects. Would have been good. Would have been good. Does great work. Does excellent work. So, again, there's a producer at Fox at the time who's kind of keeping an eye on this and an eye on Terry Hayes who's written the masterpiece Da Vinci Code Apes script. And he apparently kept coming to Hayes really insistent, I want more comedy, I want more comedy. And everyone who's been involved with this project said, you know, it was a perfect, it was like Terminator, it was so fantastic, and this guy could not f- stop fucking up. And he was really insistent. He wanted one scene in particular. And that was of apes playing baseball. <laughs> he wanted... Won- <laughs> so stupid.
0: I mean, I love the apes playing basketball in this movie. Don't get me wrong.
2: They, we do see it. We see them playing some of that
0: element element,
2: but this um, producer I believe his name his last name was Sellers according to my notes Dylan Sellers Dylan Sellers. thank you kept saying like no we have to have them playing baseball and when the astronaut shows up they're playing baseball but they're doing it wrong like they're missing one element they can't get it right and so the astronaut has to like give them a ball and then it's like he invented and everyone was like no, stop it. Fuck off. Terry Hayes refuses to put it in the script, and he's eventually fired. Yeah, And it li- sort of stalls out.
0: The line here says, What if Robinson finds himself in Ape Land, and the apes are trying to play baseball, but they're missing one element, like the pitcher or something? Uh, Robinson knows what they're missing, and he shows them, and they all start playing. I'm nauseous, guys. <laughs> fucking nauseous.
2: So then it so sort It's a of... leak
0: of their own, but with you apes. got it, yep.
2: Yep. So then... <laughs> It kind of falls apart again, like, with the loss of Hayes. This beautiful script is buried, apparently. Uh, Dylan Sellers goes on to kill someone in a vehicular homicide. What is, like... Can you read the line? Because it's very specific, but still not specific enough for the the issues that it raises.
0: Uh, this says, Turner was replaced by Tom Rothman, and a drunken Sellers crashed his car, killing a much-loved colleague and earning jail time. Uh,
2: who's no. the much li- anyways well, I can't know. so then um, pause for a bit we put it on ice we're in a new era Christopher Columbus is 90s brought in. baby
0: he's, we're he's in the 90s hot and ready to go yeah, he's okay. ready to go
2: he's so ready to go they shoot test footage of apes skiing <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the radical 90s man we got apes skiing <laughs> is this validated
2: <laughs> we're
1: reading we on fucking Wikipedia right now <laughs> I could have edited this yesterday.
2: <laughs> um, I could have
1: edited all of this shit.
2: <laughs> he drops out to do Jingle All the Way. Then Good they try choice. to try <sighs> to get Roland Emmerich. Doesn't work out. Then they approach James Cameron right after Titanic. But, he's excited, but he's too hot. He wants to be able to focus on his own projects, but he decides to stay on as a producer. They go back to Peter Jackson and ask him if he wants to do it. At this point, Arnie is still attached in some way, and he sort of says, you know what, like, with him and Cameron, the kind of movie that I would want to make, like, and you want, it's not jibing, sorry. So he gives them the ghost. Then they reach out to Michael Bay. No dice. They go back to Peter Jackson a third time. (laughs) But at at this point, Ronnie McDowell has died.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, what year are we at right now? Nineteen ninety eight
2: ish. Um, they reach out to the Hughes brothers. I, this, until... I'm not
1: being punked right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> until finally, Tim Burton is called in, and oh that is god. all of that is before Tim Burton gets his creepy little hands on this movie. Wouldn't you watch a mini series about? The wheeling and dealing?
0: Yes. Yeah, I would, yeah. I want to see all the pre-production test footage. Like, I want the Death of Superman Lives lives style documentary of all the test footage that was shot, all of the script, like, put big, bold, and, like, do that, like, highlighting to show me the lines as I read along how dumb (laughs) this other version of the script would have been. I... That wild. What a roller coaster to get. Dude.
2: (laughs) But Ill. I just, I could not,
0: fucking
2: Ill. as I was doing my initial scan, seeing the names pop up, I was like, I, what is this? I can't believe this.
0: The line I love from this, like, this block of text is, uh, Terry wrote a Terminator. This is talking about the writer, uh, Terry, whoever. I Terry forget. Hayes. Terry yeah. Hayes. Uh, Terry wrote a Terminator and Fox wanted the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> God.
2: Um. So, when, when Burton gets involved, Richard Zanuck, who was president of Fox when the original came out, he signs on to executive produce. So, they're really excited. It's going to be this kind of prestige project. And then. Got it. We get what we get.
0: Which is a big giant mess.
2: The hottest of messes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no saving it, though. No. No. Again, unless there's some three hour cut that I fills in all the backstory it. and make some of the things make more sense it's so rushed the whole movie's very rushed but even if that existed i don't want to watch it because the dialogue is so hokey. it's bad but like, you could maybe fix the story but i would still but i'm like maybe i would be like all right the dialogue's cheesy but i'll let that go because at least this is fun and makes sense and is like entertaining and that's just dumb dialogue and i can laugh at that the way i laugh at dumb dialogue and like star wars Right. Where it's like, oh, that, that line is stupid, but like it's fun because everything else is so good. But I don't think I could sit through three hours of this. I was I was about done at an hour or ten. <laughs> yeah, that was about the time I fucking checked it out. Yeah. I will say, though, some of the things I liked about it, the apes look incredible. The apes Rick Baker creature good. shop outdid themselves. Again, always fantastic work. And they look really good. Yeah, you particularly
1: Thade looks fucking
0: Thade looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan looks great. Helena bon Carter looks a little wishy-washy, but it, I think it's because she has so many lines and so many close-ups that it, mm-hmm. you can't help but notice that it looks wonky. But, you know, a lot of the ape generals and, like, a lot of the people in the ape army, um Bonham Carter's, like, uh, ape friend, like, her ape butler, I guess, the oh. leader of her slaves. Um, <laughs> he looks great. Uh, that's uh, Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat 95, by the way. So another connection to our uh, previous films that we've done. But yeah, I thought all the apes look great. And the only problem that I had with the apes is all of their dialogue is live in the suit. So it's all very lispy and just very, it just sounds weird and sounds off. Like I would have loved for them to ADR a lot of this. So it didn't sound so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you can tell they're being sort of handcuffed a bit. Yeah. Vocally. Vocally.
0: And it doesn't help that their lines that they're saying are usually stupid. Right, right. So
2: it does make it harder. Yeah. No,
0: I, yeah. That's They a, look amazing. Right. That's a handsome
1: element of the movie. I do like the cinematography. I do think it's it's fairly sharp. Listen, there's a lot of people who came and showed up for their job in this movie. No oh, yeah. For sure. Um, mostly in the technical mm-hmm. areas. Um I admire this movie is pretty much all practical. I don't really see there's obviously some sort of green screen element here and there, but, like, the ape village is a very much a big set somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I didn't like it at first because it wasn't the Flintstone City of the old ones. Right. But then once we started seeing some of those elements of it's being lived in, the organ grinder human and the, the hooligans drinking in the street and the mm-hmm. old people smoking the hookah, I was like, okay, I kind of like this. This feels like a legitimate society, whereas the last one just kind of felt like one house... The courtroom, the amphitheater, and the Museum of Dead Humans. Right. Whereas this one actually feels like a village. And I thought that was cool. That kind of drew me into the early parts of this movie where it, again, was a lot of beat for beat. The first one of capture, escape, capture, crash landing, all that. So that was, again, another nice touch.
1: It reminded me of The Lost Boys. (laughs) Fucking <laughs> developed yes. look
2: yeah. quite
1: a bit. Um, Very Swiss
2: family rock. But in the best way has. possible,
1: where it's just like this big set. Some people put fucking thousands of hours into making it look as good as it does. And, yeah. and in a lot of ways, it, it looks good. Danny Elfman's score is fine. It's not particularly memorable, but no. it's, I didn't really notice it, honestly. Yeah, it's it. fine. Um,
2: serviceable.
1: Serviceable, yeah. sure. Um,
0: yeah, there's no iconic theme that stands no, out. No, not really. Like, oh, okay.
1: I thought Tim Roth is, like, pretty good in this, man. He, like, chews the scenery up pretty good.
0: Yeah, I thought he did a fantastic it's, job. He's
1: very convincing.
0: His heavy breathing, though, was a little grating on me. Yeah. The more that he kind of leaned into the apeness of it, I started to be like, okay, to just tone just tone that one element down, and you're, like, a really menacing, awesome villain. Yeah. Except for the a lot of the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, dude, calm down. <laughs> right, yeah. I get that you're aping, and yeah, a lot of he's, he's aping off, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and part of it like part of me likes the fact that all of the actors seem to be leaning very heavily into the apeness of it. I mean, we talked about in the original, they do a lot of like little mannerisms and little things that let you know, like, oh, these are humanoid apes still, yeah, they're not quite human, they're not full ape, they have a little bit of that, this leans way too far into the apeness where Mm -hmm. it's just like, and maybe they're not as evolved as the ones in the original. Their society seems a little bit more primitive. They don't have guns yet. Uh, They're still a little bit more animalistic in that way, which is fine. Uh, But I would have preferred from a performance uh, perspective to have that toned down just a little bit, Uh, particularly Paul Giamatti. Yeah. (laughs) Whose first scene of the slave trader was just way too much. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew it as soon as I saw his name on screen that he was gonna lean real hard into it. But it just it wasn't fun. It was just kinda like yeah. oh, dude, can you knock it off? I
1: <laughs> Please. And he would go on like a decade later to play another slave trader and twelve years a slave, so
2: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, like like exactly like the same character.
2: Oh Paul G Motti, <laughs> I do love you so. Um yeah, the the ape mannerisms, that was a Burton direction like i want them to be really ape like i Real want them agile. swinging yeah i want them jumping and i want them to go ape shit when they get mad like i just want them to smash things
0: so. the worst examples of that beyond paul was when helena bonham carter gets into a little oh. tussle with a woman and she just throws her arms wide and goes, <laughs> oh my God. that was an overreaction and then the other one was when that that weird couple that was at the dinner was then about to have their sexy time <sighs> yeah in their bed where he's like he's stroking his eight beard and his little like pouch that he has <laughs> under his neck yeah and like eating grapes or whatever and then his his wife or girlfriend or uh concubine or whoever she was just comes in and she's got this like tool around oh, yeah.
2: her. She's doing she's the just... dance of the seven veils. Yeah. It's yeah, very she is, yeah. Salome. Yeah. yeah,
0: she's she's just running around and she's, she's waving her arms and then she just gets on the bed and she's just thrashing and making eight noises. <laughs> <I'm> like, I, <laughs> yeah, I do not need this scene to exist just for you to have humans run by and scare them. I do not need this. This is too much.
1: However, we laughed pretty good. We
2: did laugh pretty it
1: good. It was a pretty good laugh and that one that I think we needed because that was <laughs> we were we were all they we on. But
0: see, I don't think that was intentional on their part. Like I oh, don't, no, a hundred percent. I don't no. think they wanted us to think that was as stupid as us. Yeah. yeah, and they Maybe both they
1: jump did. up and grab the chandelier, which is
0: Send just bridge too far. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, that makes me. It does make me wonder about sort of what Burton thought he was getting into with this movie, and what he thought he would have the freedom to do, and then what you know, at a certain point, it comes to like, you no, know, we asked you to make a tentpole action blockbuster can you quit dicking around? And so you feel it, like, halfway through the movie, it's like, oh, shit, we gotta get serious. Yeah. No nothing. No more fun, no more apes doing fun things.
1: Yeah, no more embellishing, let's get to the fucking, let's get to act two, like, that's where yeah. it just feels like, wait, we're just escaping
0: now? We like, gotta build that... to a crescendo. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't meander here in the village any longer. Yeah. Right.
2: We have to get to Kalima. Okay. <laughs> okay okay so
0: (laughs) calling it kalima just immediately temple of doom that's all i hear the inflection's a little different but that's all i hear and maybe that's what they're going for you know little tongue-in-cheek nods to previous things fine the reveal of what it actually is i lost it where like kalima is just nobody wiped down the sign that said caution live animals oh yeah that was good stuff Yeah, yeah that was great Which, like, in a better movie would be like, oh, that's really funny. That's a really funny misinterpretation. But in this, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. (laughs) Because at that point, by the time we get there, I had already, I'd stopped being able to justify the silliness in front of me. And it wasn't in the beneath territory where I was having a good time with the silliness. This was, I was, no, I was not having it. But that was ridiculous. I also think it's ridiculous that, coincidentally, the name of their... Ape God or whatever is clearly just Simeon Jesus smashed together, and it's Sim Simeonus or Simus or whatever. Simos, it's Simus. yeah, yeah. They smashed Jesus and Simeon together and
2: Simus <laughs> Simeon
0: Jesus. Oh, which again just speaks to the poor writing. He yeah. couldn't come up with anything else, like any other name that sounds vaguely like anything, and not very clearly Simeon Jesus with the middle part taken out, like the couple name of Simeon right, Jesus. Right. <laughs> Charlton Heston. (laughs) That was a nice inclusion, you know? I enjoyed
1: it. I think it's funny.
0: Of the three very clearly homages to the original, I thought that was the best. Where it's his, like, him being included as an elder ape and talking about the society and showing him that he had a gun in an urn (laughs) for some reason.
2: spooky urn, yeah. yeah.
0: It was clearly filled with his family's ashes or something, uh, and an old gun. But... That I thought was better than his line at the end of uh, "Damn you all to hell," which is his line from the end of the yeah, first yeah. one. Uh, and then Michael Clark Duncan's very, very on the nose: "Get your hands off me, you damn dirty human." Yeah, <laughs> that was reaction, quick. Yeah, my reaction was just like, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> <laughs> well, I see what you did there. Yeah, that's nice.
2: Nice <laughs> to remember where you come yeah.
1: from. Yeah. In the, in the the but one of the better parts of the original was the build up to see the ape. Here it's like it just happens it's not it's elegant weird. it's quick yeah. it's dirty it's like yeah. there's no big reveal it's like oh that's what they look like okay. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no slow reveal there's no
0: You don't get Mark Wahlberg walking through the forest at all really like there's no attempt at survival or attempt at exploration the way the first one you get the two of them walking for a, or the three of them walking for a little bit like you get uh, extended sequence of like oh where are we what's going on what are we gonna do before you see the humans rustling in the you know and
1: this is like classic studio formula we gotta get to this Um, we gotta get to this in an in in x amount of time
2: mm-hmm. like
1: we're so far away from the slow methodical mm-hmm. movies of the 70s and 60s and shit like that where editing was just seldom them in the room and here it's quick
0: yeah, it feels like a studio note that says, guys, this is plenty of the apes, let's get to the apes. Pretty Correct. Quickly. Yeah. Because we need more apes. Right. Which isn't necessarily a bad note.
1: No, it's not. It's just, I think, something that was really enjoyable at the first one is mm-hmm. that it's like the crash land, and there's a very eerie feeling about... We as the audience know we're going to see people in ape costumes, but if we sort of remove that and think about vicariously living through the actors or the characters, it's like, yeah. this is spooky, we don't see anyone... It's arid, it's sparse, there's no one around, and then all of a sudden you see bushes moving, and
0: yeah. it's mm-hmm. people
1: who can't speak, and then you see fucking apes on horses.
0: Well, and this is like something that you and I were just talking about, because we were talking about the the new movie The Batman, where yeah. the first reveal of Batman is a slow, creepy, horror, almost horror-like yeah. reveal, where if you do that for these apes that looks so much more realistic than the apes from the first movie... You really draw the audience in of, like, these are menacing, they're scary. I was on the edge of my seat waiting to see what they would look like and what it was going to be like. Yep. And you throw all that out the window because it's just crash lands, Chris Christopherson runs by, and then there are the apes. <laughs> yeah. Like, immediately, right. first five minutes. Yeah. And so you you take that uh, away from the audience, this... What could have been a very pivotal, cool scene to draw them in, yeah. and now they're just like, "Oh, okay, things are flying in my face. I don't, I don't have to be drawn in. I could be a passive observer to this movie."
1: And I have a just, I have a heavy feeling that it probably was shot. There probably was enough shot there mm-hmm. to have that sequence be an option in the editing room, but they're like, "No, get just get right to the ape face."
0: They're pretty athletic. Like I do like the entrance where they're coming in from. They're coming in high. They're coming in low, as opposed to the first one where they were all just on horseback when they were kind of running through and picking the humans off. Like this seemed more tactical because there were different types of soldiers. Oh
1: yeah, there's there's, there's apes and people flying all over this. Yeah. It's like Cirque du Soleil this whole movie.
0: Yeah, some of the like flying and knocking people away was like okay at the beginning, and then it just became farcical by the end. Basically, yeah, to the point where. I was waiting for most of the movie to get the Wilhelm scream, it it's happened because of how outrageous people are flying off the screen. We got it. Yeah, yeah. I even think I said, "There it is." Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. there, <laughs> there it is. There it is. We're I mean, waiting for this one because that's that's how everyone is falling. Every limb is going every which way. Right. Uh, it looked like a bunch of people like jumping on trampolines and like flying off.
1: You know, some of it's impressive looking. I mean, when they like when a lot of them specifically Tim Ross stayed when he gets on his horse he's just constantly riding on fours and then jumps up and then grabs the horse and kind of gets on I love the way it's he pretty fluid when he does it it's yeah. pretty
0: cool the um, one where he he jumps where he's like trying to rally the troops and he's like jumping around and he's knocking stuff down and he like parkours off a brick wall onto the horse on all fours I was like alright cool yeah. I like his mannerisms I like everything about him but his voice <laughs> that's where i like leaning into the monkey mannerisms where it seems practical or seems more unique as opposed to just like we're doing weird walking guys or we're doing weird arm flailing like no just jump around and, right. and do a little chest bump or like the way that they would just like gently fist bump to be like all right i acknowledge you like that seems those are the kind of mannerisms like okay these are these are light touches that makes sense (laughs) as opposed to these over the top nonsensical things
1: and when they beat each other they beat each other how they probably have seen or have footage of of monkeys beating the shit out of each other with like their fists just
0: coming down like this on something yeah the Michael Clark Duncan another guy uh, fight Fight. at the end is basically just that yeah where I've seen that in a nature documentary that seems and again that's where it works right weird monkey foreplay doesn't work there no
2: no You miss. Oh God, I was always watching this. It's like, and I know I'm a fan of the originals, so take this with a grain of salt. But the movie does suffer not having characters like Zira and Cornelius. You know, the Helena Bonham Carter, Angelina Grimke, Abe character just doesn't work. She doesn't work as this sort of voice of, like, oh, We need to save the apes. It doesn't seem to come from a place because ultimately, well, she's the daughter of a senator. She's like a princess. She's magical. She's not come to these beliefs in any way. She just sort of is like, I just think humans could be nice. Whereas Zira's comes from sort of scientific back. It just Mm -hmm. makes Zira's characterization so much better, so much more interesting. The sort of conflict that she has throughout the original film feels more interesting versus just like, I'm gonna run away now.
1: Yeah, Zero's I... more of a stronger female character, yeah. and she's she's not as naive as this character either. Right? Where even maybe Zero was maybe bewildered why this person's talking or whatever, she always seemed to like stop and be like, "I I think I have an explanation for this," or yeah. I. She thought about it intelligently, where this one was just like,
2: "Yeah," and she's naturally scared
1: and confounded mm. and nervous and
2: yeah, and she's naturally curious and she's. Making decisions and she's taking actions that sort of that serve her curiosity, not because they serve her belief that she's already right. That's inherently an uninteresting type of person to watch.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Because Zira is her whole worldview up until Charlton Hessen gets there is. Humans are inferior. We need to study them. Their brains don't work like ours. They can't speak. They can't do any of this. And while I like the fact that humans can speak and are regular people in this, because it makes for more interactions and less scenes of, whoa, you can talk? That's amazing. Like, we gloss right over that, which is a touch that I did enjoy. You're right. Helena Bonham Carter is just a girl who grew up with pets. (laughs) And therefore is like, I like my pets, and I think we should treat all pets with respect the way that like a person who raises dogs would question someone who mistreated a dog right. so it's not coming from this like whoa, my whole worldview has changed because the the dog can talk. it's oh yeah, I've always liked dogs and I think we should just treat dogs nicely because we should treat everything nicely like that's what I think yeah and her and you're right, her performance as like the daughter of a senator and this coming from privilege situation. Makes it almost seem like she's just doing it to act out. Like, she almost seems like an angsty teenager of being like, well, my daddy is the senator who thinks that we should be mean to apes, and I don't think so, so I'm going to be a bitch the whole time to him. Like, it just kind of feels disingenuous, almost. And then it's just about horniness at the end.
2: Yeah. I... there's There are good ape performances. There are not good ape characters. Hmm. You don't have... Thade is very one-dimensional. Even as he's screaming and circling himself and jumping up on a horse, it's not as interesting as a Doctor Zayas. You don't have like every—I don't know. No, this I'm movie sucks. <laughs> it's just, this movie sucks.
0: Um, you're right. You're right. There's no. There's good performances, but not good characters. Yeah. Because yeah, he's just the son of a general. Or he's a general who's the son of clearly someone I don't even know what Charlton Heston in this is. Is he the president of the Senate? Like is he their king? Is he their president of their village? Like I don't I don't know his standing, but it's clear that like that he's descendant from the original uh Simeon Jesus. So therefore Tim Roth has just grown up his whole life knowing, like, oh, okay, like it's my family bloodline, I can do whatever the fuck I want, I'm a right. spoiled brat. It's the opposite of Helena Bonham Carter's character of oh I just I came from this and I have privilege but I'm just gonna do the thing that I think is right as opposed to the thing that gives me power and badassness but it's not you're right it's not an interesting character it's just a scenery chewing standardized villain which is fine yeah in a movie that's better <laughs> here it's like oh right. okay all right you're just a scenery chewing villain like I don't really care and I know you're gonna get yours at the end some way or another
1: yeah, I mean, listen, I know it's like a last-ditch effort, but I do like that shot at the end where he's fucking defeated and he's underneath the desk where it's like, okay, um, that's pretty cool. That kind of flushes him out just a little bit where maybe he's always been inherently scared of change or mm-hmm. anything. You know what I mean? Something where they never really alluded to that before, where he's just a one-note
0: yes, villain. Is, now he's just a scared child who lost Correct,
1: his yeah. So like, I thought that was a cool thing because that, that also is something that I've seen in other Tim Burton mar- uh, movies of powerful figures being utterly defeated and destroyed and weakened to the point where they're just scared.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was a cool Tim Burton trademark that I've seen and in, uh, in, in shit, but yeah, it just, I I, I, don't, I don't know, what this, movie, this movie's just a summer fucking movie, temple movie, I don't know.
2: If I had seen this in theaters, I'd walk out so mad.
1: I wasn't I, intellectually there. Yeah. I yeah, think I was... Thing,
0: if, I was t- if I was 10 to 14, I probably would have right, been like, true. dude, yeah. the monkeys were fighting other monkeys. That was amazing. Like, I think it probably would have hit it out of the park for me as a kid, because again, the stuff we liked as kids is not good, necessarily. Like, some no, of it, right, is, but yeah. some of it's Well Like I said, this is,
1: a, this is a drive-in movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do not pay attention to it. Oh, cool. Monkey flipped. All right, honey, let's leave.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just god but again like I said
1: it's it, the movie sucks but it becomes increasingly more offensive because it lives in the shadow of such a great movie it sucks yeah. Yeah. it sucks
2: it sucks and then when you consider But I it... can't
1: let it offend or ruin the planet because it it won't oh, no, no it okay. won't
2: I will in 3 months forget about this but movie I won't like I but I
1: won't let the movie years. get me that mad either yeah. oh I I know you're living. I
2: love to be mad, so this is like a dream. <laughs> yeah, the okay. True. Brian and I used to go to movies just to have something to talk about. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Is
0: that all works? Well, do, that you, do you guys need, a, do you need to talk about something? Yeah, no.
2: <laughs> just like, you know. Yeah. Love to complain. Um, One more thing while we're at it <clears throat> the fact that it's Mark Wahlberg's fault is also.
0: Okay, so yeah, clarify this as much as it can be because I don't think the movie one hundred percent flushes it out. Am I to understand that that ship crashes because it's looking for Mark Wahlberg? Like that part makes sense. They must get sucked through the same hole, and clearly the hole shoots people out at different times, which yep. makes sense. Wormholes do that, maybe. Like we're we're still not one hundred percent sure the science isn't there, mm-hmm. as far as I know, as a person who does it is twenty twenty nine,
1: so it's a little advanced. Yeah, um,
2: we'll see it in a few years. Yeah. It's still in beta right now.
0: When they crash, does their nuclear fuel cells cause the rapid advancement of apes? Or did they do... Because I know they kind of mentioned on the ship at the beginning that these are genetically enhanced apes in some way, right? They
2: they do say that they have enhanced them to help them with tasks in space, particularly piloting ships. Yeah. And that's part of Mark Wahlberg's never sent a monkey to do a man's job.
0: Which is a great, cheesy, you know, blockbuster-style line that is fine at the beginning. And, it, again, you get less no, you, enthusiastic but you could, you could, about There's so the many of them on. in here. Yeah. So those apes just continued evolving then? Because the the monkey astronaut that we first see is smart, but he doesn't seem any smarter Paraclis. or more capable than any other standard... Lab monkey, I guess. So does, like, did they just keep evolving, or did something with the crash cause this to happen? Because it seems like a really far leap from how smart that monkey astronaut was to civilized culture, warring apes, 2,000 years in the future.
1: I, I didn't catch the year at which they crashed or what they alluded to. Like, it's like how
0: 2,600. Much...
1: So it's... It's a stretch.
0: Yeah. At least that's what it seemed like That's why I stopped seeing the number count. And then when he goes back up, I see a countdown from, like, 26, 25, 25 like, to the point where he gets back to Earth, it's still not even 2029. 20, it's, like, 2100-something, I think. Yeah. I... But it... So it's only Mark Wahlberg's fault because they, they crashed go, looking for him. They
2: go looking for him.
0: Okay. And those monkeys just somehow evolved continuously over 600 years or yeah. whatever. Okay. And they yeah, got yeah.
2: at least smart enough to revolt and fuck up. The humans show.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Because the other weird part of that is too, and I noticed this when they first get the uh, the Mayday call on the ship, mm-hmm. that it's the captain guy in old man makeup yeah. calling the Mayday, which means that they were still not crashed and in orbit and regular for another 30, 40 years? Yeah. Or did somehow they age on the ship going through the wormhole? When Mark Wahlberg didn't? Maybe because he haphazardly put his helmet on? I don't know. Well,
2: because I think they they crash on the planet and then try to like make a life there out of the ruins.
0: And, and... still just routinely send Maydays. Because like, both yeah. him and the other science woman are also wear, are wearing old man makeup. Probably. Yeah. People makeup.
2: Yeah, because I think they
1: would give up on the search after however many years. They'd yeah. have flown around for 30 years. They've crashed, and that was the Mayday message
0: from... Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it is weird that it all comes back to being Mark Wahlberg's fault, essentially. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and it just, you know, the 60s version is about the threat of nuclear war and, you know, mankind annihilating itself, not being prepared for the consequences. And this movie poses the question, what if you sent a man to do a monkey's job?
1: Yeah, it's true.
2: Um, Uh, It's a
1: total studio note. Okay, cool, we have to do something twisty and cool for this one, mm -hmm. but not...
2: Not the, the twist.
1: Not the twist, because everyone knows that one. Yeah. I even do, though, even though I do, I do like that set with the back of the spaceship looking like the torch or the crown of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. That's totally. Yes. Oh, such the, a good
2: yeah. reference.
0: Yeah, and I kind of like the fact that this was very clearly from the jump, not Earth. And that was yeah because they were showing
1: that the planet had extra moons or planets that you could see. Yeah,
0: there was a lot going on up there. It was it was nice that there wasn't. Okay, we're just gonna do a shot for shot remake, but with newer effects and Mark Wahlberg. It is we're gonna do a different movie, our own spin on it, mostly the same, but at least we're telling you right off the bat, this is not Earth. Don't even worry about that. We're not gonna make that twist. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with him being the cause of it is he didn't. Like he cared, but it didn't. It didn't feel impactful in the movie. He was just like, "This is all my fault." Well, that's a okay. We're moving on. Like, I mean, that's the Mark Wahlberg problem. Yeah, no, but also, like, they don't linger on it. He does. There's no, yeah. there's nobody else there because no one survived with him to like be a part of this moment. They're all just kind of like, "That's cool. Can you help us with our problem now?" Like, it it seemed immediately washed over. Okay, we have to put this plan into action to. Light the fuel cells off once, which was a terrible plan because they didn't send the entire army; they just sent like fifty dudes. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it doesn't even kill them.
0: No, it doesn't. It just scares them.
2: I
1: and I laughed pretty good knowing um, that was going to happen. Going into, I'm like, all oh, right, that's right. There's this scene where this thing blows up and hundreds of little monkey bodies go flying
0: in the air. Yeah, I think yeah. there's some CG in there. Some of the oh yeah, that in there that pretty that's fake and ridiculous yeah. looking, but. Yeah, if it killed them, I would have been like, okay, all right, there's some stakes here. Like that's that's pretty badass. Like it didn't solve your problem a hundred percent, but at least it shows that you're like a capable badass, and that means this fight has you know some more heft to it as opposed to just like he wants to kill you because he saw you come from base. Maybe I don't yeah. know. That was another thing that was super weird. Why did Fade kill those two monkeys that saw him crash land? Them telling anybody wouldn't have done anything or changed his plan at all.
1: They just want to show that he's be- he's going to the beat of his own drum. He's not fucking listening to anyone. He's just a fucking menace.
0: I guess yeah. I, that's the only reason I can he's chalk it up to that. He's man. Just yeah.
1: What what other scene can we put in here to make people scared of this fucking ape? Yeah.
2: Well, because they give him a little bit of the Zas backstory of he sort of I think senses in his heart that. The humans could have the upper hand, which is why he's such a virulent ape supremacist, yeah. if you will. And so the reveal that his father gives him where he smashes the sacred heart urn with the gun in it then is like just confirmation. But that, I think, sort of hints at like he kind
0: of knows. Yeah. I mean, I did like that it gave us the uh, the dead underwater apes. That was pretty <laughs> freaky. about
2: them. Forgot uh, about them, yeah. Spooky. Spooky-ooky.
0: But yeah, just more strange aggression from him which is it's whatever yeah
2: because <laughs> right. he's a bad man
0: I was really surprised that gun didn't come back into play I like he took it and he was sniffing it a whole bunch which was creepy and weird to watch mm-hmm. uh, but I really thought that that was going to be he pulls it out and that's how like he'll get dispatched Mark Wahlberg will somehow wrestle it away like I, I'm th- if there's
1: anything this movie is playing realistically like that gun would not be fire- fireable oh no <laughs> like, but thank it's god just... it's not like yeah And just, like, start shooting whoever they want.
0: Yeah, but, like, it it was so clear that it wasn't, like, a regular bullet gun until they needed it to be a regular bullet gun with ricocheting at the end. Like, every time Mark Wahlberg shot his space gun, there was, like, a big explosion. It was, like, a ray gun effect. Until the end when he shot it and it was pinging around the room to do something. Um, So it was very inconsistent how it was even used. But I would have at least bought, like, oh, this is some futuristic ray gun technology where a little dirt's not going to stop it from shooting out energy blasts or whatever. I just really thought that that would come back into play somehow. Normally you don't smash one gun and then reveal a second gun unless that gun is going to be pivotal. Um, Instead we just got the monkey astronaut with his backpack and his gun that he had for some reason. Like I understand Mark Wahlberg having the kit and the backpack. Why did the monkey have... The aspirin in the first eight pack and the gun.
1: (laughs) What did you think about that when you first saw the light? Did it immediately? (sighs) Oh, I knew exactly what it was. I even
0: said to you guys, I was like, I swear to God, if that's just the monkey astronaut. Because like in the moment, the battle's raging and I kind of like the ending battle. Like, you know, it was it was the obvious conclusion to what we were going to. And granted, everything we'd seen up until that point said there's no way these humans could even stand a chance. So it was a little confusing as to how they were able to hold their own for so long against fresh apes, not just the ones that they had knocked down. But I think because of the smoke and all the just general confusion that gave them somewhat of an advantage, it was fine. But I liked that battle going in. And then when I saw the light, I immediately knew it was the monkey astronaut from before because he's got to show up. So we know what happened to the crew. We know what happened to Mark Wahlberg. We got to find out what happened to the first ast- the monkey astronaut. Yeah. Like, we have to. So that, he's obviously coming. The way in which it's just like a beam of light, Jesus allegory. Awesome. Same it's thing. Perfect. <laughs> and I'm just like, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, this can go, this could save things if there's a realistic explanation for how that tiny, regular-ass chimpanzee in an astronaut <laughs> costume is able to help Mark Wahlberg and the humans do anything. So I'm like, okay, what are they going to do? How is he going to save the day unless it's Mark Wahlberg gets in that ship and there just so happens to be guns on it? Like, I don't don't know how he's going to be helpful. And if he's not, this is going to be a really, really stupid reveal. And then the reveal is they just think he's Monkey Jesus and stop fighting. And that was really stupid. (laughs) It it's perfect
2: it's, <laughs> I
1: fucking love it
2: because when the ship lands and you know you can kind of see into the pod oh, the so oh, window's a little bit mirrored yeah. but you said like I can see the outline yeah. I see a tiny, his little there's body there's a little like, astronaut yeah.
0: there <laughs> I see his tiny little body and his tiny little head I know exactly what it is god <laughs> darn it
2: yeah and then it the thing lifts the up the shield reveal. the shield oh so
1: he's just sitting there yeah, the visor just goes up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, ah. up. yeah.
1: So stupid.
2: Um, and Michael Clark Duncan
1: is beside himself,
0: in complete <laughs> yeah. awe. Yeah, Seamus. Again, like I don't. I get that that's a prophecy, and like they believe that the the he would return. It's a second coming, very in line with Easter. So it's perfectly watch this right around the Easter it's holiday. True. Yeah, uh, Simeon Jesus is risen. Clearly, um, it seems weird that they would stop fighting. He didn't give any indication that they shouldn't be fighting. There was no, like, proclamation. We don't get a sense earlier in the movie that the prophecy says when Simeon Jesus returns, he'll bring peace, or he'll allow humans and apes to live together in harmony the way it was in the before times or whatever. Like, there's no sense of why they would stop fighting. They'd just be like, our Savior's here. Let's keep kicking their ass. Like, we got him. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but
2: he hugs Mark Wahlberg.
0: Yeah, but they had already oh
1: stopped God. fighting by that point. I'm just thinking already. I'm moving ahead where he's just injured, crawling around.
0: Oh, this. oh that I was don't so even want to
2: discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my breaking point. And like going, I can't. Uh, I don't hate this. I hate this movie. He's
0: dragging his broken little monkey leg. Oh around yeah, just the, crawling the, into the cage. The tiny little blood trail. Oh dude, <laughs> he just wanted to go home to his little pen. So, <laughs> so stupid. This movie sucks. Yeah. I, yeah, and then Mark Wahlberg wins because he traps the guy in a bulletproof cockpit. Yeah,
1: where the glass has just somehow survived for...
0: Well, it's like bulletproof, you know? Laserproof. Uh-huh. Just everything. Apparently. The TV still works. You know, all the, all the buttons still do all their things. Like, I'm surprised, given all the dust and dirt and grime all over that ship, that the handprint reader was able to tell it was Mark Wahlberg oh, yeah. at the exact right. moment it needed to. That was quite surprising, but... Yeah, it's just... And I'm like, what do you do with him? You know, what do you do with this guy? He's just trapped in there. Like, you can't feed him. It's not like there's a special port you can open to, like, give him food. Or what, are you just going to let him starve it out in there? I don't know. The Mark, second... Mark,
1: Mark Wahlberg just pieced. He's the only one who had the handprint that could open that
0: fucker up. He's in oh, there. Oh, yeah. So then they're just... He's just going to suffocate just gonna and die. suffocate and die. Okay, it's a, a lot grimmer than I thought. Okay. So now I have a theory about the ending. Okay. Beyond this. Because Mark Wahlberg pieces out... He makes out with both Helena Bonham Carter and the other girl who I feel really bad for because she probably signed on to this movie thinking this is going to be her big break. Uh, And then she, this movie sucks and she's in like nothing worthwhile after
1: this. Yeah, she just runs back into the engine bay or whatever and she's never in Hollywood again.
0: Yeah, Um, (laughs) a lot of like low budget direct-to-DVD sequels on her IMDb page. Uh, So I do feel bad for her in that regard. But he makes out with both of them. He's like, this is my one chance. I gotta get home. And then he gets in the ship yep. and he leaves. And then he goes to the wormhole again, goes back four or five hundred years, arrives on Earth, and then we get the book ending, essentially, of, mm-hmm. guess what? Earth, now it's monkeys. And we get the the big reveal. As soon as he crashed, I went, is this what I think it is? And you guys were both like, I, I don't know if it is, but it definitely is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It definitely could be. Um, Anything's
2: possible.
0: And we get the reveal of of Abraham Lincoln, uh, who is Thade. Yes. Am I to assume, and I'm only thinking this now as we're talking about the fact that he was stuck in that ship, am I to assume he figured out a way stuck in that ship to get the ship up and through the wormhole to go back even earlier and take over? Like, is that the implication or does it literally make no sense? It makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. I... I... (laughs) Because as we were talking about him being trapped, that clicked in my brain of like, oh, maybe there was he was able to access some kind of thruster auxiliary. it can, I can
1: only be chalked up to like alternate timeline, ultimate dimension, lateral sort of shit going on. I'm not sure.
2: Yeah. I love this. Uh, Tim Roth, who portrayed General Thade, said, I cannot explain that ending. Hmm. I have seen it twice and I don't understand anything.
0: Yeah, well... Like, I get them going for the twist, because we talked about they needed to do some kind of twist, and it's different, because you know you're not on Earth, but now you're back on Earth, and guess what? Still monkeys. Right. Um, If it didn't say Thade, if it was just a statue of Abraham Lincoln, and you were like, oh shit, then there's the implication that one of the other pods was functional on the crashed ship, and Mm -hmm. somebody from that initial grouping, some point between when they crashed... And when Mark Wahlberg crashed, based on the time rift, was able to take the ship back to Earth and take over. The fact that it's Thade ruins that completely.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Unless there was a thing where Thade was like Thade Fourth, Yeah. Where like, oh, it was his great-great-grandfather who was one of the Simeon Jesus' kids to, you know, to go and, and start this war. And he's named after that great general who flew off to conquer other worlds or something. But we don't get any of that backstory earlier. Like if Charlton hasn't had one throwaway line that was like, you're a great general, like your great-great-grandfather who who left us to conquer other lands and implies somehow that he took over other areas of this planet. But in the end, you're like, oh, he went to Earth. Fuck. Like, that's cool. This is not cool. This makes no sense. Right.
2: Yeah. I think they wanted a twist ending. They wanted to leave it open to sequels, but again, every choice they made was the wrong one, mm-hmm. so they've managed to conflate those two things. Or it could have been that they screened it and were like, this is not not going to work. The Baseball did come back into the ending at one point because they wanted to have him land instead of at Lincoln Memorial in Yankee Stadium during an Ape baseball game.
0: See, that they would be- almost
2: got it back.
0: That would have been funny. And again, it would have taken out this fade business. It would have just been like a, oh, fuck, how did that happen? And people might have asked for a sequel at that point to figure out how that happened. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, you're like, wait, the guy he just beat somehow beat him back here and took over? I'm... No, I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it would have saved the movie to have that ending, but I feel like at least it would have made more sense. It's at
2: least... A different, better choice. <laughs> yeah.
0: And at least leaves, at least me, I would have been like, oh, I want to see how this happened. I want to see how we got to the downfall of humanity and the rise of a baseball. But here, I'm just like, no, the Thade part, it throws out any care for how Earth came to be this way. Because you've now basically told me something that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just get rid of the Thade thing and it's like That's way it. more digestible. That's it. You can call them literally anything else. Call him Seamus. And that was like, oh, the first ape that uprose on the ship that caused them to all die because he took over. He made it back somehow because he knew the ship's components and he knew how everything worked. Done. Right. Or call him Thade the Fourth. Like, call him General Thade the Fourth or whatever. And then at least we can put together that, oh, it's probably his, his ancestor because we know he's ascended from there. Like, there's such a simple fix. Right. To make that palatable, not good. But palpable, so it just becomes another, like you said, another wrong choice <sighs> along the in way,
2: and a baker's dozen wrong choices assorted.
0: Mm.
2: I don't know what else to
0: say about this movie. The uh, the girl's little brother sucks. He's just awful. He t- should not be here at all. He lasted thirty seconds in the. I'll prove I can be helpful.
2: Adam, no. I know you said you preferred that the humans could talk in this movie. <laughs> Again, that was a wrong decision. Because I had to hear a, a bunch of shit out of that kid to hear a lot of stuff. They came for you. They've left their villages. I Who gives a shit? I don't care. <laughs> Give me Nova any day and her beautiful big eyes and confusion.
0: Yeah, And, and, and I
2: Ta- was. Taylor. Taylor. Over whatever was going on.
0: I did feel bad for the little girl who got selected as a pet. Oh yeah when, when she cage. got put when she got put to bed and the little monkey girl was like, Okay, good night, human girl. And it just pulls back and the girl's just crying. <laughs> like two tears rolling down both cheeks, just crying that she's a pet yeah. to an nate.
2: It's like something out of like a nineteenth century moralizing newspaper about like the ills of white slavery, just like a John Bennet Ramsey <laughs> yeah. girl in a a bone cage weeping. What a stark image. Ridiculous.
1: Yeah, this is this is one of those DVD on TV FX fucking oh, movies God. with the fucking behind the scenes, which who could give a shit?
2: Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I care a little bit about the pre production. The pre
1: production, sure. <laughs> but you don't need to show me how an ape got into the air. <laughs>
0: no, it's trampolines.
1: Yeah, it's spring trampolines boards. and cables. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a lot of a lot of wire work. Yeah. My favorite one of those is uh, they, when they threw a human just, like, into a big sack.
2: Yes. <laughs> like, he
0: just picked up a human. I it, think it's yeah. John and, again. And they just, like, threw them, like, a basketball into a big giant sack. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was pretty good. That's that pretty funny. But, yeah, I, I, like, ultimately it became one of those things where it didn't devolve into so bad it's good. Like, it wasn't that ridiculous, funny... I'm having a romp... The way that Beneath was. Because, like, objectively we talked about Beneath being a bad movie. Mm -hmm. And bad choices are being made in it. But, like, I don't know. I had a blast watching that movie. I did not have a blast watching this movie. We had a few laughs. Unintentionally, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, But it didn't... It didn't come close to the level that I needed it to. For something that I knew going in was considered a bad movie... And the worst Planet of the Apes movie that has existed. When there's, you know, yep. eight other movies, and this is the worst one. So I had the lowest of expectations going in, and it still was disappointing. Yeah, it's just it's just really boring, and uh,
2: it's a slog.
1: It's mm. a slog, and that becomes painful. Again, some admirable stuff, some handsome things going on, mm-hmm. but
2: this would be a great traveling exhibit of like costumes. Yes. An ape makeup.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like A I wouldn't two mind hour
2: movie. No, no.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind sitting next to Michael Clark Duncan's character at Planet Hollywood. Yeah, you know like, that would be cool. I'd be like, dude, look at this. Look at the detail. The detail, on, like the spikes on shoulder pads. I love Thade's His chest armor, armor is with the, so like, cool with the the claws on the on the monkeys and the apes, just like outstretched, Some fighting intense,
1: like... scary looking
0: apes on yeah. the shield.
2: It's very like the cell like just spooky
0: yeah Um, yeah it's old-fashioned coat of arms but instead of lions it's these elongated ape arms like that was cool that kind of stuff i really dug in this movie uh everything surrounding it's just brought down by the dialogue and the story that makes no sense yeah so like underneath there's a good movie with the production design and all of the you know tim burton ideas that are here just it's completely undercut by the, the script yeah it just didn't need to happen no. And I think if it hadn't languished for 30 years or 20 plus years right. it might have been better because now it's gone through a million different rewrites and a million different, ooh, we're going to take a piece from this one because this guy like this exec likes this piece and this exec likes this piece and uh, we're not going to do baseball but we'll do basketball. We're going to pull that piece in and, you know, it becomes a hodgepodge movie and therefore cannot be cohesive and cannot work. Yeah. Any other final thoughts then from you guys? Anything else we want to get out there before we Wrap no. things up. I'm
2: I'm imagining, apes skiing as a <laughs> as a brain palate cleanser, so I can sleep tonight.
1: It exists. I think it's called MXP. Oh yeah. Oh. Most extreme primates. Yeah. True. I, don't See, I, ski- the, I don't know if he ski. I don't if he
0: skis or Columbus snowboards, but he definitely footage. skateboards. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. He might even do some like ice hockey or something. Yeah. But it's there. It exists. It's out there. You can find it. Right. Cool. Well, before we get into the uh, the actual wrap up for the end of this episode, just a little bit, we have one week left of Ape Roll, and we are jumping forward in time again because there are no sequels to this. Nobody wanted to see that apparently, even though it did make like three hundred plus million dollars, which is a you know nothing to shake a stick at in two thousand and one. Uh, but we are moving ahead ten years uh, to the most recent series of reboots, uh, which is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So we'll get a third different take on the start of an ape franchise. So Bridget, you were on the hot seat next week because you have not seen this.
2: I have not.
0: So I know you have thoughts on some of the other films in that series. So we'll definitely get that from you next week as we wrap up Ape Roll with Rise of the Planet of the Apes. But that will do it for this week's episode of Fine I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine I'll Watch It every Thursday morning on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of 2001's Planet of the Apes. Did you like anything in it? Did you like any parts more than the originals? Uh, What are some of your favorite moments from it? What do you think of Mark Wahlberg and Tim Burton movies? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for Fine I'll Watch It, my name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.